0: Yeah, I need to get some intro music for this. This is kind of a stale, cold intro. Um, welcome back, Iowa fans, for the next and latest edition of the Hawkeye History Podcast. Uh, I'm always excited when we have a guest because it makes the podcast and gives us a chance to relive some great memories and history of Iowa athletics. And today I'm help, happy to welcome on um, former point guard Jeff Horner. Um,
1: Thanks for having me Rob. Appreciate on, it. Jeff.
0: Thanks for coming.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So I, I really have no blueprint for these. Like some guys I start with what they're doing now and some guys I kind of bounce around. I think with you, let's go chronologically. Cause I think that's kind of interesting, okay. at least from, from my perspective, um, with your dad being a coach. Um, I guess my first question is kind of how early can you remember picking up a basketball and being into this game?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll never forget. So I was born in Lake Mills, Iowa. um, And then I went um, and we moved actually to Mason City when I was about four years old. And uh, my dad's always been a high school coach. I think he was a high school coach for right around 30 to 40 years. So he was in it a long time. And he was the head coach at Lake Mills. And all three of my older sisters played basketball. So I mean, I was picking up I was in the gym when I was probably, you know, four years old, um, when I can remember that. And then obviously, when we moved to Mason City, um, you know, it was one of those things where it was, it was, uh, now you, you know, you kind of started to get into it, but that was one thing my dad never did. He never pushed me to go to the gym or anything like that. I always just wanted to be in there cause I thought it was a lot of fun and, you know, just being around my sisters and watching them work hard was, was awesome. And so, I mean, I was, I was really young when I picked up a ball, that's for sure.
0: And I think it's interesting because as much as you love basketball and love being in the gym, and we talk about this a lot now with specialization, you were a multi-sport athlete, so you were out doing other things as well, right?
1: Yeah, correct. I mean, I I loved baseball, I love football. Um, I ran track. I think when I got to like sixth grade, um, I started playing um, started playing golf. Um, so you know, it's kind of one of those things. I didn't play golf in high school, but. Um, love to go out there with about four or five of my buddies and, and go play. And so that was that was always great, too. But, you know, like you said, it was always it was always fun for me. It never felt like, you know, I was sitting there being trying to be pushed or anything. And, um, you know, I, I I love kids that play, you know, other sports. I just think it helps with so many different things if they decide to play basketball as far as, you know, toughness or just a mental edge or eye hand coordination, all those types of things.
0: Was your progression and your you know how you got your I guess skill development things like that, was that gradual or did you have any height you know big growth spurts or advances where, you're, where you were like, okay, my game really took a, a step forward during this portion of my life?
1: Yeah, I think uh, actually from probably in my sixth grade year to like my seventh grade year, I grew eight inches um, wow. and, I, and I got to, I got to six foot and then from my 7th grade year to my 8th grade year i got to the same size that i am now so <laughs> it's you know i've been i have basically <laughs> been this tall since i was in 8th grade which you know kind of sucks for me i guess because i thought i was <laughs> at least going to get two more two or three more inches and that would have that might have helped me out just just a little bit as far as professional career goes but um, you know i I'll, I'll never forget that just going between 6th and 7th grade growing that much cuz my knees were hurting and all those types of things and then you know you get to seventh eighth grade basketball and you're you know you're jumping ball and, and playing point guard so um you know I got that I got that tall back then and the, the huge growth growth spurt then
0: so you always played point guard even though you were one of the taller players even when you were in seventh and eighth grade
1: yep I did so it was uh we played with, <laughs> played with my AAU team and I'm guarding you know the biggest biggest guys on the floor and I'll never forget uh Garner Garner Hayfield had two big dudes uh Brandon Stromer and Sean Womkis, who I played
0: uh,
1: basketball with, and, you know, I mean, they were just, they were always bigger than everyone. I always had to guard one of them and, you know, tried to get in there and battle with them. And so it was, uh, it was, it was interesting.
0: Did that help you though, to be able to, you know, just be able to be a, a, you know, a, a strong defender just in terms of using your strength?
1: Yeah, definitely did. You know, obviously, I'm not I'm not quite known for my defense or anything <laughs> like that. So, um, but uh, you know, I thought it, it was good. Um, you know, it, it hurt a little bit just because then you know, obviously, as you get older, you're going to start guarding, you know, more guards that type of thing. And now it's kind of the you know the quickness type factor. You know, I think it's it's one of those things where. You know, guarding little point guards that are just quick as crap, um, you know, probably hurt my development in that a little bit. But, you know, in the same sense, you know, to me, defense is all about toughness and positioning. And, you know, if you can keep guys in front and just be smart about, you know, where you're at. I think that obviously helped out, too, as well, um, you know, being able to guard multiple positions like that.
0: How much did you watch Dean Oliver growing up and kind of how he played the position and how much did you try to take from? Obviously, you guys are different players, but just kind of that you know the floor leader aspect of the game
1: oh yeah dean dean was my idol growing up um i also had a sister that was in the same uh grade that he was and and um she was best friends with his girlfriend his wife now sarah and so Mm -hmm. um you know they you know dean was always over at the house too and you know we'd be shooting baskets in the in the driveway and i'd be that little kid that just annoyed the crap out of (laughs) out of them and stuff but i tried to you know soak everything up like a sponge and i mean i was at tried to be at every one of my dad's practices, just watching them and, and, um, you know, rode on the bus to away games and down at the state tournament, you know, when they won the two championships back to back and, um, you know, just being around Dean and and seeing how he played the position, kind of like what you said, I think he was just so, he was so solid with the way he went about things. You know, he, he was, he was just an awesome guy to learn from and, um, you know, not once did he ever seem like he got annoyed with me for asking questions (laughs) or wanting to be around or anything like that. You know, I always tell him to this day that, uh, you know, when I was little, I could still beat him in
0: horse, though. (laughs) (laughs) Just before I forget that, do you guys still um, connect quite a bit? You're both in the business and, and obviously he's kind of taken a path I'm sure you would like to follow.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, you know, we probably talk probably once or, you know, once every month or two months, on um, that type of thing, you know, whether it's shooting a text back and forth or just kind of talking on the phone and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we definitely keep in touch that way. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, in this business, it's kind of one of those things where, uh, you know, you gotta obviously keep talking to everyone cause you never know where people are going to go and, and that kind right. of thing. So it's, it's one of those things that keep the, the connections up and, and everything, but you know, with Dean, it's more of. You know, just being a friend and you know that type of thing, and and um, you know, so he's, you know, he's definitely been a, a mentor of mine, and you know, I think people before I came here to Truman State thought that I was kind of just following him around, so <laughs> it, it was good for me to mix it up a little bit.
0: Um, so when did you? I mean, I'm sure you always, you know, dreamt of playing, uh, you know, college basketball, maybe at Iowa. You, you grew up an Iowa fan, right?
1: Yep, I did. Yep.
0: So when did the recruiting start? I mean, you you committed so early. Did you have a chance to really go through much recruitment?
1: Yeah. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a crazy process for me. Um, well, I mean, a little bit crazy. So basically, you know, when I ended up committing, uh, that was the year when, um, you know, uh, Tom Davis was kind of in his, you know, in that last year there where, you know, he knew he was going to be back the next year. And then, Um, I actually got my first letter from Tom Davis at Iowa basketball camp when I was in seventh grade, Um, you know, because obviously I was a taller kid, that type of thing. And I think they could see the potential. And obviously, um, you know, me just hanging around with Dean's recruitment. Um, So Mm -hmm. they kind of knew who I was. And My dad worked camp there. And 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 so, you know, basically, then that eighth grade year came. um, And, you know, then uh, I think it was the next year. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember either way, there was one year, you know, where Tom Davis wasn't there. And then, um, you know, so obviously they kind of stopped recruiting a little bit just because he knew, you know, probably wasn't going to, he wasn't going to be there next year. Um, and so basically I came in and, and, um, and Larry Stacey actually kind of came in from Iowa state and Iowa fans probably aren't going to like this, but, um, you know, he, (laughs) he, he did a, he did a great job, um, recruiting me, you know, he was at a lot of my stuff and, Um, you know, so it was one of those things where, you know, I had been down to Iowa state and I thought he did something, you know, he was, he was doing a great job with me. And, and, um, you know, I felt home at Iowa state, but in the same sense, like, you know, man, I'm, it's a, it's a Hawkeye state and I grew up an Iowa fan. And and in the end, when, you know, when coach Alford got the job, you know, that to me, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really matter who probably the coach was going to be. I just always wanted to be a Hawkeye. So, you know, that, that outweighed everything in the end.
0: How quickly after the, he got the job was he in touch with you guys, you and your dad?
1: Uh, I was like the next day. So Okay. He was he? Was, I mean, I don't. I don't think people ever know this, but I, I was Alford's first recruit to ever to commit to him at Iowa, um, because basically he got the job, and I mean, it was not. It was you know not sign obviously, but verbal commit. Um, so I was. I'm pretty sure I was his first one that you know that ended up. Um, you know, going with him or whatever. So, you know, it was one of those things where he was on it right away. And I went down and I visited one time and it was over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was that during your your freshman year?
1: Yeah, it was like, I want to say it was, I want to say it was in the summer going into my freshman year.
0: Okay. Um, What was that like then? Because you pretty much played – your whole high school career, AAU career, with that target on your back—does that was that kind of the way you viewed it? Was that kind of what, how you felt when you went through it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's 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 always interesting to think about. You know, going back on those types of things because when, um, you know, if you commit to Iowa, you know, to in my opinion, there's more pressure on me you know going through seasons than it would be if I even committed to Duke in my opinion because mm-hmm. you know obviously everyone's from Iowa you know the, I think they kind of expect well you committed when you're a freshman so you're going to be you know Michael Jordan you know <laughs> so um, it's kind of one of those things where you know the the pressure you know I, I always was felt that I was able to handle the pressure you know just fine and that, that type of thing but um, you know there you know there's there's Iowa state fans and Drake fans and you and I fans in the state of Iowa too. So it wasn't always you know, glorious, (laughs) I guess you could say, but you know, it was fun. I I loved it when, you know, when people would talk, would talk crap, but when the game was over, you know, it was one of those things where um, you let those types of things go and you, you know, you move on from it, but you know, I love the pressure situations and, you know, I guess you could say I love to be hated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so you, um, you played you were on the same AAU, AAU, AAU excuse me team as Greg, right? Yep. Yep. Martin Brothers? Yeah. Okay. Was Adam on that team?
1: Um, so Adam was not on that team. Um he got who he was playing with someone else. I can't remember who it was. Back back then when our the AU thing was kind of a little bit messed up because I know that the you know, the Iowa Coaches Association were trying to kind of get um get their hands in the AAU kind of situation as far as, you know, getting getting kids to come play on an AAU team with them. So they were trying to kind of get that going. And then, you know, obviously Martin Brothers was the only AAU team kind of back then. And then it was kind of like if you had an AAU team, it was kind of, you know, people kind of just put together teams with other, with other good teams. But it was, you know, obviously Martin Brothers, it, it kind of felt like was the was the one you know, and I always it, it was always tough because I played baseball too, so I missed quite a few in in AU tournaments.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the what was the I've you know I talked to football players for the for these things, and I think it was Anthony Heron that told me, you know, and he played in the NFL. He said the jump from college to the NFL is not as great as it is from high school to college. Did you see that? I mean, was it kind of an eye opener for you when you went from high school to college basketball? Oh
1: uh, yeah, it definitely was. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where I mean, you, you got to look at it this way. You know, and you're a you're an 18 year old kid, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get to college and you're playing against maybe 22, 23 year old, you know, grown men. And I just think that probably by the time you're 22 or 23, you're probably you've probably you know reached your mature level um, as far as you know lifting and gaining weight, that type of thing, you know. So it's one of those things where I think going from, you know, high school, you you know, I I lifted, but it was one of those things where, you know, when you get to college, it's like, all right, well now we're now we're really into it, you know. So (laughs) I think by the time you're twenty two or twenty three going to the NFL, you know, it's kind of one of those things where You know, physically, you're probably right there with a lot of the guys, I guess you could say, um, because you've been through a, you know, a a crucial weight program in college. So I would definitely say, you know, that was that was definitely the case because, you know, even though you're 22 or 23, say you're playing against a 30 year old, you know, 30 year old guy. You know, he's physically, you know, you guys are probably very comparable as to where if you're 18 compared to 22 or 23, you know, you're not you're not to that point yet.
0: And what was that like? Just, I mean, you pretty much day one, Coach Alford gave you the ball and said, "Here you go."
1: Yeah, I mean, it was. Um, you know, I felt like he had a. You know, that was always. You know, obviously as a player, you kind of felt like that was the plan. But in the same sense, you know, I'm I'm not one to shy away from competition, that type of thing. And and so um, it was tough too, You know, we obviously had some issues going into my freshman year that you know you know with Pierre and then. You know, Marcella Somerville just kind of, you know, leaving town and and just some injuries throughout the year. You know, I think we ended up playing by the end of my freshman year we were, with six guys. So yeah. it was tough. And, and going into my freshman year, too, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, I played in the primetime league that summer. And and um, and then when I, I went home in August before, um, you know, before everyone came back to school and I actually had ended up playing the whole summer on a broken foot um, and then had surgery and missed, you know, all fall. Um, I then, do remember
0: you, that now. Yeah. Not, but...
1: and, and gain some, gain some not so great weight, and then, <laughs> um, you know, so it was, it was interesting, you know, I would have loved to have gotten a fall in there, you know, to be able to be with my teammates and that kind of thing. So I feel like that kind of set it back a little bit, you know, but in the end, um, you know, it, injuries happen in the game. So you gotta, you just kind of got to deal with it.
0: What, I mean, it's the elephant in the room, obviously. What, what was that like? What was it like for you guys? to be kind of pushed into that that situation with Pierre where you know so much attention was focused on that and you guys were kind of caught up in that at such a young age.
1: Yeah I think it you know it was um, I you know I think Greg and I are probably you know freshmen that were kind of beyond our years I think maturity wise you know we had you know grown up kind of I guess you could say being in the spotlight and, you know, had to, you know, have people kind of watching your every move. So, you know, that was, that was definitely tough. Um, obviously, you know, I knew Pierre, but um, I hadn't gotten to know him, you know, that great yet, because obviously we were, you know, we were only freshmen. That was the first summer we had been, been there, but obviously I had played AAU and, and, um, and then, you know, was at Nike camp with, with Pierre and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it was definitely, it was tough. I mean, you know, in, in the end Pierre was our best player, uh, but you know in the same sense you know he made a he made a huge mistake and um so you know us as as players you, you this is one of those things where you you know you got to got to be able to handle everything else that goes with it and um you know obviously there were some mistakes made by people in that whole situation just in general and um you know but in the same sense i think us as players you know we try to just stay out of it as much as possible because you know, I mean, obviously I'd never been through something like that before in my life um, with a teammate. And so, um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where it was, you know, definitely killed relationships um, as far as just, you know, guys in there and as far as our fans and that type of thing. And I think one of the toughest things for us was, you know, I, in the end with Greg and me, you know, it's like, well, that's, you know, not saying that that's what our careers are remember, remembered for, but, you know, it definitely took over a little bit of, of that for sure.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it's a part of it, but and it's something obviously with what happened and there were victims involved and, and something yep. you never want to see happen. But in a way, you know, you, you had no choice. You went through it. It seemed like it made you guys stronger as your careers went on to the pinnacle of that last season
1: yeah definitely I think um you know it's one of those things kind of like what you see you know like it's it's tough i mean I, there's victims involved you know I have a daughter, I have three older sisters so you know just seeing those types of things it just you know it just it it just hurts you um just in general for you know for everyone involved and you know it just stunk and and um but in the end you know we we had to go out and still had to you know go to school and and you know do what we were were brought to Iowa to do, and, um, you know, definitely got thrown to the wolves our freshman year, you know, but I think, like you said, in the end, it definitely made us stronger, there's no doubt about it, and I just think getting that many minutes as a freshman um, only helped our careers, you know, in the end, Um, so, but definitely hit that freshman wall my first year playing, you know, what, 35 to 40 minutes a game, it was was tough, but, um, you know, that's what like I said it was it was a lot of fun to be able to go out there and play that many minutes and live out your dream of, of being in an Iowa uniform for sure
0: Did you kind of see the 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 team come together as you know your freshman, sophomore, junior, you got by your year, junior year you guys got into the tournament, tough game against a tough Cincinnati team, but you could kind of see you guys growing together. Did you were you were you cognizant of that? Were you conscious of that as it was going on?
1: Oh, no doubt. You know, I would say that in even our sophomore year, you know, we had a ton of injuries that year and had a couple you know, guys get in trouble, too. So, you know, I think I want to say our freshman, sophomore years, I mean, we played with like seven guys and, you know, we had some guys, you know, like Kurt Spurgeon and Jack Brownley, you know, play some minutes. And so, it was, you know, like, you know, but they did they did a great job. They came in and competed and it was kind of like, you know. Ference's you know, motto, next man in, you know, so um, it was one of those things where the one thing that I'll say about our team was our chemistry was, was always great. We always got along. I mean, it was one of those things where we all, you know, hung out together. I mean, you know, it'd be like, all right, who wants to go to a movie? Everybody on the team would go, you know, so I think that's something that not a lot of things are, are looked at when, you know, when you talk about skill development or did this guy get better? You know, it's not sometimes it's not always about, you know, how many points you score, or how many assists you have. It's about, well, how long how do they get along, you know, together off the floor? And does that translate on the floor? And I think people can definitely, you know, say that we got along and, and that was a big part of our success.
0: What was that senior year like? I mean, seeing so you guys kind of—it really was one of those years. It seemed like it just kept ascending. You guys just kept getting as the season went on. You got better. The crowd started. I remember Carver by the middle of that season, a late season, was rocking like when Dr. Tom was there.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, that was, you know, it was a special year, and you know, I think it—it <laughs> it was tough because I, I'm pretty sure that you know our junior year. Um, you know, before the whole thing with Pierre happened again, we were, we were up there right. either in second place or tied for first in the conference. Mm-hmm. I think it was, you know, yep. so, you know, then we lose him for good. And, and then it's like, well, now shoot, now you got to play, learn how to play without your best player. And, um, you know, by the end of the year, I thought we were doing that. Um, but in the same sense, you know, we probably fell off a little bit and, you know, with as far as seating and NCAA tournament goes and that type of thing, just because, you know, we had to learn again how to how to do everything over again. And then, you know, obviously our, you know, senior year now it's like, all right, well, let's let's build off of that last year and see, you know, how it goes. And I thought, you know, again, our chemistry was just so awesome. We knew where guys were going to be at the same sense. And, you know, what, I don't think what a lot of people understand is how good we were defensively, too. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, obviously, Eric Hansen, you know, he, he allowed you to take some take some risks out there just because, I mean, he's the best shot blocker I've ever played with. There's no doubt about that. And so, you know, I mean, we just, we, we gave all full out effort. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't say that we had really great individual defenders, but, you know, everybody, you know, just went all out on defense and we, we tried our best to be in the correct spots. And so I think that's something that was that was huge for us. But, you know, obviously kind of like what you said, You know, I'll still it still stinks that we only played Ohio State one time that that year in in the regular season. And, you know, obviously we beat them. And then, you know, so when we got to play them in the, the Big Ten tournament for the championship, it was like, all right, well, this is what we wanted. You know, we didn't want to play anyone else because we want to show people that we were the best team in the Big Ten that year. And I thought we were.
0: Yeah, and that was one of those situations at that tournament where you guys were getting, you know, contributions from everybody. I remember Alex yep. Thompson's shot. I mean, you guys had every – it seemed like one of those teams where everybody kind of stepped up when you needed them to.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I think, you know, when, you, when, when you're in those tournaments, you, you need that type of stuff. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. You know, I thought we were good too, so don't get me wrong. But, um, <laughs> you know, we – sometimes, you know, People hit big shots, or you know, they dive on the floor for the loose ball, that type of like take a charge. You know, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, we we had every everything click in that tournament, and you know, that's I think that's a big reason why we won. And we obviously we came into with a chip on our shoulder for not winning the regular season, you know, tournament, and um, so you know we 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 knew what we were getting.
0: And now, unfortunately, we have to go to the next. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember I got a groan out of Greg when I talked to him about that in the fall yeah. I think, when I did a Where are they now? Um, obviously, it's something you probably never forget. Just from, from going into that, you guys were such a high coming off the Big Ten tournament. Do you feel like there was any overconfidence? Are you guys relaxed at all, or was it just a... F- I don't want to say a freak thing because I think that takes away from Northwestern yeah. state who I thought really played well down the stretch of that game. Yeah. But it, you guys weren't at your best in that game.
1: Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I, I don't want to take away from Northwestern state either, but I'll say this. I, it was, um, it was one of those things where, you know, when you go look at the game, I mean, we're up, you know, 14 to 17 points pretty much the whole game. And, and, uh, so it was one of those things where, uh, you know, it was tough because I'll never forget this with, with seven minutes left in the game, you know, I think offer took out, I think it was Greg and me, uh, and just said, Hey, we we got to get rest for, you know, the next game. And I was like, well, the game's not over yet. You know, so That's funny.
0: Cause I was sitting behind the, I was sitting behind the bench on press row and I saw both of you guys kind of look at each other. And, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if this is a good idea.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it was it was one of those things where, you know, I, I think he thought that because we played, you know, so many minutes in the Big Ten tournament, and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. And, and I agree with it. But, you know, in the end, that's, you know, you lose, you're done. So, um, and then, you know, I think we went back in with probably, like, you know, a little bit of time left and with four or five with four minutes left and they had kind of cut it down to like six already. So they were on a momentum swing, you know, and then it was just kind of hard to hard to dig ourselves back out and get the momentum back. So um, yeah, it was a, you know, I think about it every single day um, because I do think if we, if we would have won that game, you know, we would have had a chance to, to really do something special. And I think that's the the thing that really, you know, kind of stinks about it is that, you know, you, you worked so hard, you win the big 10 tournament that year and, um, you know, obviously you always want to end your career on a, on a, on a good note, but you know, in the end, um, you know, there's no one that thinks about it more than what we do. I can tell you that.
0: Yeah, I bet. Yeah. That was, I've covered all Iowa football and basketball for 22 years. And that was, and it, what's not really, I can't think of a close second, the toughest locker room I've ever had to go into. That was, Yeah. <laughs> I cause it was just, I think we were all stunned. I mean, I'm, you know, impartial media guy, but I was in there. I was stunned at how that went down. It just was one of those unbelievable finishes.
1: No doubt. No doubt. So, I mean, I, you know, I think I was at home in basin city, not that weekend, but the next weekend. And, you know, I was, I was somewhere and, you know, I mean, I had like 10 people ask me about it. I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it, you know. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's just, you know, you couldn't. It was it was hard to escape it, you know, because especially in the end, I mean, it's it's one of those things where people people just don't forget, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, you still see it now on, you know, when March Madness rolls around. Sometimes they still, you know, they still oh, know. put it up there, you know. So you got to like you got to relive it again, you know. So that's why <laughs> it's almost hard for me to watch NCAA basketball when March Madness rolls around, because I just always think that, you know, something like that's going to, that moment's going to come up again and you're going to see it on a preview or review or something like that.
0: Yeah. I was with my photographer and we were going to stay obviously that night because we were you know expecting you guys to win and we're like, just screw it. We'll drive back. So we got in the car and, started driving back, had the sports radio on, and they kept playing the end of that game over and oh, I was like, shut the radio off. I can't take it anymore. No doubt. (laughs) Um, Another aspect I wanted to hit on, um, obviously you played for a guy who – there are just a lot of opinions about Coach Alford. Just, you know, it's love or hate relationship. Um, I personally – from a basketball standpoint, don't think he gets enough credit for what he did while he was here. Um, I think the other stuff probably takes away from that a little bit. Yeah. What, what's your relationship like? What was it like with him as a player? What's it like now, and how do you view him?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, my freshman year, you know, going in, it, it was tough, um, you know, because we, we did have some, you know, older guys on the team. And so, um, you know, you're a freshman, I you know, you go from – you know, and I think Greg, will. you know, Greg would probably say the same thing. You go from, you know, being the man on your team to being able to take any single shot you want. And then, you know, now you're, you know, you're coming in and it's like, all right, you know, I got, I kind of got to the point my freshman year where I was like, well, should I ever shoot it? You know, mm-hmm. what is this a good shot? Is this not a good shot? You know, I think I shot like 20% my freshman year from three or something like that. You know, it was, it was brutal. Um, And, and, you know, I had, you know, I ended up having off season ankle surgery, um, after my freshman year too. So not only did I break my foot, then I, you know, sprained my ankle. I think it was right before the Indiana game, um, at their place and I could barely even walk. So, um, you know, it was kinda one of those things where it was like, Well, it was it was the injuries affecting, you know, your shooting and, you know, I'm I feel like I'm kinda one of those guys who's a pretty, you know, pretty confident guy when I'm on the floor, so, you know, to get to that, that spot where mentally you're kind of questioning yourself. You know, it was one of those things where, um, you know, I just, I I kept on, you know, the one thing that really I struggle with, with coach Alford, which, um, you know, which I don't uh, necessarily do as a coach is, you know, kind of was one of those things where, you know, he, he really allowed the older guys, I guess, to be leaders, which I understand that. But in the same sense, you know, being a point guard, you know, and a freshman point guard, regardless I'd always been a leader my whole life so you know it's kind of one of those things where you're you know well your point guard needs to be a leader on the floor as well too and so I think of that you know I kind of struggled with that a little bit because you know I kind of had to take a back seat as far as doing that so then it kind of became well you know, you kind of started questioning yourself a little bit. And then (laughs) after that, though, you know, I, I, I love playing for him. Um, You know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, he's like, all right, it's your team, you know, you're the point guard, let's, let's get this thing done. And, and um, so he kind of gave me that confidence as far as, you know, the rest of my career and, you know, him and I butted heads at times because I think we were so both such competitive people that, um, you know, we wanted to win so bad. And and, um, so, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, we got into it a few times. It's kind of, of, it's kind of funny to think about now, just, you know, in the end. But, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, our, as, as the career went on, you know, it was, it was great playing for him. He was a player's coach as far as, you know, being able to let you, you know, shoot the basketball, all those types of things. And um, so it was, it was a good career doing that. Um, you know, in the end, um, my relationship with him now, you know, I probably talked to him about once a month or so, obviously him and me are in the same profession. And, um, you know, I, I, I understand it. Um, you know, what, why people struggle with him. Um, you know, obviously he's, you know, I, I, I always say this, I think that sometimes he grew up in a world where, um, you know, he, he, I guess you could say he was very guarded. So he comes off to people as very standoffish, um, you know, and and a little bit socially awkward in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, growing up, I felt like he probably thought that people were trying to use him or get close to him to use him. And, you know, he just never allowed that to happen. Well, when you're in Iowa, you know, people are just great genuine people and that's that's what the Iowa fans are all about and so you know I think sometimes people took that as you know he's he's arrogant you know that type of thing and and um, you know there's no doubt that coach is a, a, a very confident guy um, you know I think I think everybody knows that um, but in the end you know if I see you out at the Wigan pen you know people want to talk hoops you know that's just that's just right. how i what people are and and um you know i think that's what makes our you know our fan base and our people you know so great is that you know i when people stop me and when want to talk about you know greg or adam and our team and that kind of stuff i love talking about it because you know, it was, it was an era where it was the best time of my life, you know. So um, I always, you know, want to take the, the time out of my day to, to talk to people about it because people, you know, they want to know, you know, what's going on, that type of thing. And, you know, so, you know, I, I love playing for coach um, in the end. You know, I think I, I hope, um, you know, that he learned uh, a lot from his time at Iowa Um, you know, I think as we get older, we, we start to learn, you know, things now, whether that's happened or not, you know, I don't know. I haven't, you know, I sat with him at an AU game last summer and I think that was, shoot, that might've been the first time I've seen him for a ton of years, you know, um, where I was able to just, you know, kind of sit down and talk with him during a game and we had a great conversation and, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the best for him and, you know, obviously he's, he's kind of struggled a little bit at the higher levels, Um, so I, you know, I think if, if you probably asked him, he probably thought he probably wished that he never would have left New Mexico, but in the same sense, he's also a, he's a competitor. So he wants to, you know, he wants to coach at the best level, just like he played at the best level too, you know? So, um, you know, in the end, uh, you know, obviously I know his family really well and he recruited me. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I love playing for him and, um, but you know, I understand some things about, you know, about why people, you know, struggle with him
0: that's well said and it's tough to turn down a UCLA
1: yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so, I, so think, I think Nevada will be a good fit for him,
0: though I do too I think that's a, that's a good that's a good program that's in, on good footing and uh yep. I think he'll do well there um so you get done you get done uh with your Iowa career and and you know, everybody's looking for the NBA and that doesn't happen for you. So you go overseas. Did, were you and Greg both in Belgium at the same, were you on the same team?
1: No, we were both, uh, we were about an hour away from each other. Okay. So he, I played in a city called Brie, Belgium, and he played in a city called uh, uh, uh Belgium, Or Pepinster, and their team was called Pepinster. So we were about an hour away from each other.
0: Okay. Um, so you gave it a couple years he obviously made a career out of it you decided not to yep why why did you say okay I, i'm 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 ready to move on
1: yeah um you know in the end injuries kind of just started to mount up for me um mm-hmm. so it was kind of one of those things where it was like okay you know i could i could probably do you know like practice <laughs> two or three days a week and then be able to play in the game but in the end you know it, it got to a point where it just Um, you know, the last year that I played, um, well, I ended up playing like almost 45 minutes a game in the D league, um, my second year out. Um, and I think that kind of just took a toll on my body. Um, and so, you know, you're not, you're not used to playing that many minutes. And then, so then the next year I went back to Belgium to where, um, to where I was my first year, signed a two year deal um get over there three days into practice I break my foot um so it's kind of just you know it's it's it kind of started to mount up a little bit and then a month into it of course we didn't get paid <laughs> so <laughs> I was like oh man you know I got a broken foot and there's no way I can get out of here you know because no one's going to take a guy with a broken foot um so finally you know I I, uh, I got healthy and was able to get over to France and and uh, I got to a team in France and um, down in Antibes, France, in the south of France, which was freaking awesome, man. So it, was, <laughs> it was it was a perfect experience. But I uh, got down there. I was averaging like 20 points a game and like seven assists and like six rebounds. And um, right before Christmas, I broke my foot again. Um, and <laughs> so I, I was guess like, I
0: didn't realize that you were injured that much over there.
1: Yep. Yep. So, and then after, after Christmas came back, got better foot healed before the season was over. Um, I come back and, um, I'm going, going to make a play. And I just, I absolutely just sprained my ankle severely. Um, and, and it was, it was brutal. And then, so then I, I took a week off. Of course I came back way too fast, which, you know, I can't sit out. Um, and, Mm. and I, went up for a layup and I felt something pop in my left knee um uh, and it and then I had you know pieces of cartilage in there that were you know about the size of a almost a golf ball and so I hey. finished out the, finished out the season there and then I ended up having surgery on my left ankle and my left knee about a month apart um and did that and then I tried you know I tried to come back and I gave it a month in Belgium and I just couldn't I couldn't move you know so it was kind of it was one of those things where I was like, I, you know, I ended up getting cut um, after a month in Belgium just because I, I wasn't ready to go over there. Um, I was still trying to rehab it, but you know, in the end you got to take a job that was, you know, that you get, you know, it's like, you can't really turn it down. So then, you know, you go there and, and I'm on, uh, you know, I'm, I'll never forget this. I was in the Amsterdam airport and I was just talking to my mom, you know, about, you know, what I, what I should do type of thing. And, you know, I was thinking about going into the medical sales industry and, or coaching and, you know, she she goes, Jeff. She's like, I, I just don't think you would be happy not being around the game of basketball. And I was like, Yeah, I think you're exactly right. You know? <laughs> so, I uh, ended up going back and was a, you know, you know, went to Va- Valley High School and and was a volunteer assistant there. And I also was an assistant at Grandview that year too as well. So, you know, came back and decided to do those two things. But yeah, man, the injuries and stuff. And then it was like, you know, I'll never forget this too. After my first year overseas in Belgium. Um, I came back and I like we we ended up going to the finals and, and we were in a five game series. And and um, we actually ended up it was a weird situation. We had to actually play a game over again because someone miscalculated a score and there was a huge brawl. And, and, um, <laughs> and, and so then we had to, we had to play the game again. And so it delayed our time to get back to the States, which, you know, I didn't get back until I think like June 25th, um, my first year. Um, and so then, uh, then all of a sudden, you know, I, I found out that I was going to play summer league with the Rockets, um, that summer. And I literally was back for like, you know, four or five days and I had to go out, go down to Houston and practice and then went straight to summer league for two weeks. And then, um, you know, I signed a deal over in Paris, like, and I had to be over there August 4th. So it was, it was like, it was just, it was a crazy year, you know, it just kind of, I'll be honest with you, it just kind of burned me out a little bit, um, as well. And so then that's kind of when all that, all that kind of started happening. That's why I came back in the D league, um, you know, that year, which was a, which was a breath of fresh air. So, but it was a, it was a good year.
0: Did you think you'd eventually get into coaching? I mean, in the back of your mind, was it always there?
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Um, you know, obviously, you know, kind of talked about my dad earlier, mm-hmm. you know, 30 to 40 years of, of, of high school coaching. And, you know, I just, like my mom said, you know, I knew I never would have been happy if I wasn't around the game of basketball. So I think that was, you know, that was a huge part of it. And, you know, I have no regrets about going into coaching. You know, there's been some. There's been some tough times for sure, but, uh, you know, in the end, I don't, you know, who doesn't go through tough times regardless of what profession you're in for sure. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where you know, I love coaching and, and just making an impact on, on kids' lives.
0: Um, how is this, I guess, the the journey for you from high school to, um, you know, assistant at North or at North Dakota to then deciding to be, take the head coaching position at Truman State. I mean, the one thing that always is, is interesting for me with you guys is when you move, when you decide to move, what, what job attracts you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, obviously when I, you know, it was, never, this is the interesting part was when, you know, when I decided to stop playing. Um, you know I I went to uh, West Des Moines Valley I was in, I was in a volunteer assistant for a year and then I went to Grandview for a year and I made a thousand dollars that year so that'll tell you, you know, <laughs> coaching uh, doesn't not all glitz and glam I guess you could say so but I was going back and forth between the two and you know just really you know working my tail off because obviously you know I wanted to be successful in this profession and and um, and then the next year you know came around and and I actually, you know, I think that's when Fran got hired. And, you know, Fran and I had talked about being, you know, the GA there at Iowa. And it sounded like, you know, Licklider had gotten rid of the position before. So Fran was trying to get it back. And, you know, obviously when you first get hired at a program, it's one of those things where, you know, you're probably thinking the GA, you know, is not your first priority, which I completely understood, you know. So in the end, you know, Fran kind of came back and he's like, well, you know, we we, you know, I want you to be the GA here. There's no doubt, but he's like, I just don't know what I can give you. Um, and then I ended up, you know, applying for the Valley head coaching job. Um, and so I, you know, like I told Fran, I said, here's the deal. You know, I was like, I just, you know, my wife and me, we, we've moved around so much, you know, it's like year after year, we just kept doing this and doing that. I was like, I just need a year to just, (laughs) you know, kind (laughs) of be, you know, be in one spot. And, and, you know, that would have been the first time we were, you know, at the spot in two years for, you know, for a while. So, you know, stayed there. And then obviously, you know, we, we, my last year at Valley, I think we finished second in the state. And, um, and, you know, I was, I told my wife, I said, well, at, you know, at what point, when, when is the time to go? You know, you just, am I going to be at Valley forever or, you know, am I, am I going to try to be a college coach? And, you know, Brian Jones had, had asked me, you know, once or twice before, and I knew that that door was probably, you know, at some point gonna close because you know you can't just keep asking someone and they keep saying right. no and um so I finally I just said I think I think now's the time you know you gotta do it and I went to be his director of basketball operations for a year and then obviously you know was was um was an assistant for three years and got a lot of great experience and learned a lot. But you know in the end when you when you when you coach in your own program, uh, when you're when you're coaching your own program like I was at Valley you are know, calling all the shots, you're running everything. And, you know, it kind of when you when you be an assistant, uh, that's why I have, you know, great respect for those guys that can be an assistant for a really long time. I think, you know, being able to just, you know, give everything and, and not not be able to make a lot of decisions. You know, that was that ended up, you know, starting to be tough for me just because, you know, it's like I'm a. I'm a go-getter, you know, that type of thing. Not saying Brian wasn't and I loved working for him, but in the same sense, like it was just time for me to to want to make my own decisions again. And and so then when the Truman State job opened up, you know, I knew there was a, a very strong Iowa you know, connection with Truman state as far as just Iowa recruiting goes. And so, you know, I reached out and I was like, you know, got offered the job and, and, um, you know, this was, this was definitely the job that I, I, I wanted because I knew it was going to be, you know, very good ties with my Iowa connection. And, you know, right now we already have two kids signed here from Iowa for next year. And so we're, you know, we're going to keep that connection going and, and hopefully we can keep it going in the right direction.
0: Awesome. Um, I know this is always touchy when you have a job, um, but uh, (laughs) what I mean, ultimately, is it to keep moving up? I mean, I know that's not going to happen tomorrow, but I mean, where would you like to see this thing go? Yeah, I mean, yourself staying at Truman State.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's and that's the thing is, you know, I you know, when you're when obviously you're the biggest thing is when you have players and you're recruiting players, you know, the one thing that I told myself that when I got into this job that I would never do is I would never lie, um, you know, to any of the recruits that we have or any of the players that we have, because I think that, you know, I mean, you guys know how college basketball, man, it's just, it's got a black eye right now. And, right. and there's just, there's so much, you know, there's so many guys in this business that, you know, are just are trying to get, get over on people and that kind of thing. And so I just, I, I hate that, Um, you know, process, I just don't understand why we just can't be honest, you know, with kids because I think they deserve that, and um, you know, so in the end, um, you know, kind of like what I tell them is, um, you know, I obviously my, my goal someday is to be a Division One head coach. Um, I don't think that there's anyone in our program or any recruits that we have that don't know that um, in the same sense, you know, being in this business now for a long time. I think what a lot of people don't understand is that the right jobs have to open up too, as well. And and sometimes that, that doesn't always happen. You know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get a D one head coaching job down at Florida, you know, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where obviously, you know, the Midwest ties for me are, are the, the biggest aspect of things. So, you know, in the end people are, people know me more around the Midwest. And so, you know, those jobs got to open up, but in the same sense, what people have to understand too, is that, you know, you got to do great where you're at, you know, and, um, you know, last year with our, our season here, we had probably the most injuries I've ever seen with a team in my entire life. (laughs) So it was, I mean, we had a kid get run over by a skid loader last year and and break his lead leg and be life flighted to, to Kansas city. I mean, that, that's just one of many things that happened last year with our team. Like we had six of our top nine guys miss, at least six games last year. Um, so, you know, when you, when you're dealing with those types of things, you know, it's, it's, that's part of the game and you got to deal with it. And, um, we had a tough schedule too. So, you know, like I said, you got to win in this business in order to move on. And, and, um, you know, the other big aspect, I, you know, that, that people, um, you know, I think struggle to understand with too, is that, you know, I have two little kids at this point too. And, um, you know, I don't want to keep on, moving them all over the place, you know, that type of thing. Because in the end, you know, my daughter's, she's almost five years old now. And she's, you know, she's making best friends here at, at daycare right. and going to the swimming pool and, you know, and everything. And so, um, you know, like I think it was last week, she asked me, she goes, dad, why are all our friends leaving? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so, you know, the older friends that, that we have, you know, in this in this business, you know, like an assistant volleyball coach or one of our assistant um, basketball coaches, mm-hmm. here, You know, just it kind of melted my heart when to hear her say that, because it's like, you know, it's unfortunately that's kind of the the business that we're in, Um, you know. But in the same sense, you know, I really like it here at Truman and, um, you know, I see myself being here for a while. But obviously, you know, my goal is to be a Division one head coach someday. And, um, you know, I hope that happens. But if I spend the rest of my life here at Truman State, I think I'd, I'd be okay with that.
0: Yeah, and I, I think there's something to be said for fit, too. I think that's something yep. that fans do not understand that, you know, Kirk Ferentz fits at Iowa, whereas, I don't know, uh, who's the guy that was uh, Alabama's a, uh Lane Kiffin would not oh, yep. fit at you know, it's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the people. I don't think people look at that enough, though. What, I mean, there's something to be said for where you fit.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Um, You know, and that's kind of that's kind of what I was where I was going with, you know, being a head coach down at, you know, Florida or compared to, you know, somewhere here in the Midwest. And that's just, you know, that's just kind of being in the Midwest. People know. And and like you said, being a fit, you know, talked kind of about it earlier about, you know, having the Iowa job and that type of thing, you know, being able to go talk with people and be genuine. um, You know, I think those are types of things that to be a head coach at division one in the Midwest are so important because, you know, that's, I mean, your fan base is a huge part of being a head coach because, you know, if they don't like you, you know, you can be out of there in two seconds. So (laughs) it's, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you got people with a lot of money, you got boosters and alumni and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, and, and I think people can, can see, you know, if you're not a genuine person too. And I think that's something that, you know, is just, it's part of college coaching. I think, like you said, fit is so huge and, and, um, you know, you got to have the right fit at a place. And I think that's why people survive in this business too.
0: Well, I've kept you a long time, Jeff, so oh, no, I've gotten, okay. <laughs> gotten to the stage of the podcast where um, I ask you five questions, kind of um, just to reminisce a little bit about your time at Iowa. Okay. Um, favorite place to hang out when you were here, not food related, no restaurants on this one.
1: So would that be like a like a bar or what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Could be a bar. You i let you go wherever you want to go with this. You can make it you can make it uh G P G rated R, however you want to do it. <laughs> well
1: let's see here. Well the summit the summit is a uh the summit's a bar or a restaurant, right? So I can't say
0: yes. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> um gosh. That's a good question. I mean, obviously Carver, I mean that was my favorite place, so there's no doubt about that. But um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say tailgating at Kinnick.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> I think a lot of people share that. Um, yeah. Well, now this one will give you a chance to name. So, was your favorite restaurant at the Summit, or what? What was your favorite restaurant when you were here, uh, other than Panchero's? and Pen. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I remember when you were here. I think it was your last year. You had to cut out McDonald's. You told me you ate too much McDonald's.
1: Oh no, that was Bruner. That was <laughs> he put on there. He was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I put salt all over my fries." So I was... and I'm like, "I'm finally," I said, "Greg, just don't fucking order fries." <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what was your favorite uh, course of study or professor when you were here?
1: Oh man. Uh well, I was in communications, man. That was a long time ago. I don't know if I remember any, uh, I don't know if I really remember any teachers' names or anything like that, so.
0: <laughs> what was your, your, the class you enjoyed the most?
1: Um, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, so we, I, I actually had a, a, uh, a pornography class, but it wasn't, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't watch pornography, so I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's too R-rated for you, but. Um, but it was, a, it was kind of a, it was an interesting class because the, the, the teacher made it, uh, the teacher made it fun. So it was actually, it was actually, uh, um, one of the fun, most fun classes I'd, I'd ever been in. So, um, I would say the a pornography class, but I mean, we didn't watch, we didn't
0: watch it. There, <laughs> so it uh, okay. So we've got that distinction for the listeners that you weren't in a class watching pornography. You just ripped. learned about it. Okay. We're good there. <laughs> Uh, um, who were your roommates at Iowa? Uh so my
1: freshman year it was Bruner. Um and then my sophomore year, dang, it was it was me, Bruner. Who else was in there? Adam. And I think the last one was like was uh might have been Eric Hansen. Mm. So that was so that was my sophomore year. And then my last two years, uh Adam and I lived together. Okay. We had girlfriends, so. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then, lastly, um, your favorite saying. This is kind of lighthearted. Um, favorite saying or tendency or, or whatever with uh, from Coach Alford. Something that you think back on and makes you laugh.
1: <laughs> um, that when he came to practice um, and his hair wasn't gelled, we knew it was gonna be it was gonna be a tough <laughs> one.
0: Oh, that's awesome! What a—that's <laughs> and that's a great note to end on. So we'll end on yeah. that. <laughs> um, Jeff, I really appreciate this. Was great catching up with you. I haven't talked to you in years, so it was good yeah, to catch sure. up with you. And uh, good luck with everything that you're doing. And uh, I'm sure Iowa fans are are uh, following you. And who knows, maybe that your your path will eventually bring you back here.
1: I hope so, man. I was uh, Thanks. what's what's the word on Bohan?